Use that button. I want an aqua butt. Aqua butt. More aqua butt. I need to start. So, are we ready to go? That's what I said. I said that online. Are we ready to go? Because I'm leaving the aqua butt chant in for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, fuck yes. Welcome back to the Hype Media Hustles. Ryan Jessel with me as always is not Jonathan Hardesty, but Chewy Darso. Hi. And Emily Blake. Hi. <laughs> John is moving today. So. I don't laugh when John's not here. Yeah, He's I know. moving on. Yeah. <laughs> He's moving from <laughs> one horrible sun-soaked area of the valley to a different more He's horrible sun. He's in the valley. He's in He's yeah. in a valley. He's in a valley. He's not in the He's valley. Santa sure. Clarita. Is that a, its own valley? Yeah, and I was going north yeah. of Santa Clarita to Moore Valley. I didn't He's know that. going north? Yeah. Yuck. To Palm. It's going to take him like eight hours to get to work every yeah. day. And to hear it. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's He's going to show up real energetic. Fuck that noise. And sunburned, because I just imagine that's how everybody is out there. <laughs> they don't have roofs. Yeah, we're just going to keep making the fun of Joe. The funny thing is, it's so That's what you get for not showing there. up, fucker. Yeah, during the winter, <laughs> it's yourself. the only area that actually freezes. Like, they'll, uh, ha- they'll have, like, frost in the no. mornings up there. It's because there's a fucking desert. Yeah. Fuck that. Uh, special guest today. We haven't had him on in a while. It's Graham Mason. Hello. He brought his I'm beard. I'm here. He did. I think so the last time you were on now. is when we just spent like 30 seconds rubbing beards into the microphone. Yeah, yeah. we did that. that I, I don't great. remember what that was for, but I remember the act. To make people act. uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> no, I meant what movie, not, oh. not why we were rubbing beards into microphones. Because it was sensual. It was. That's why. Oh, yeah. This is a da- sensual podcast. It's very sensual. I'm sure that's a sound Hello. that can give somebody one of those head gasms. Welcome to the beard cast. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's somebody out there who's really turned on right now. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody just got into a car accident. Oh, beards! <laughs> Not even seeing beards, like just hearing beards. I can hear them. <laughs> Look uh, out for that cat in the road. <laughs> Graham, do you have anything you'd like to plug? <laughs> uh, no. Not really. Not doing anything cool. pluggable. Nothing pluggable? No. Well, okay then. I feel yeah. like I need to turn that into a sex joke somehow. Nothing pluggable? Nothing yeah. pluggable here. Nothing pluggable about me. Well, he's newly married. There's yeah. got to yeah. be like a way we can connect newly married, not pluggable, uh, beard. <laughs> yeah, <it's a> beard. <laughs> we'll think about it later. I'm married. You can't plug this beard. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't that work? <laughs> this beard is plugged. <laughs> yeah, I don't think any of those worked very well. Yep. As everyone in their car is going, nope. <laughs> All right, so we'll move on to a where have you been doing. Uh, there's two that I have because if I don't say both, I, I'm not who I am. So I'll start with the first one, which is I watched the documentary on Hulu too funny to fail and if you haven't watched that yet it is the story of the very short-lived dana carvey show uh that came out right after he left snl and it was one of the most ill-advised shows in tv history just they might try to make a primetime r-rated sketch comedy show on network tv it was the worst idea but it was so goddamn funny and it gave us like Steve Carell and Stephen Colbert and sadly Louis C.K. And like all these people who are now the who's who of comedy started at this one show. And it's just amazing watching them talk about it and how it all came to be. And it's a very funny documentary. And the skits are hilarious, but had no place on TV. <laughs> Especially their first sketch, which if you don't know what it is, I don't want to spoil it for you. But the first sketch out of the gate it was like, oh, we're canceled. That was the wrong choice, and it's hilarious. <laughs> like it is, everything about it is just fantastic, and you should definitely watch it it's on Hulu. But the major thing I have to talk about is that, of course, I saw Justice League. Of course, Justice League, and it was awesome. And I don't give a <laughs> shit what people are saying. It was fucking awesome. Like it's not the greatest movie ever made. Sure, I and people are gonna hate me for this. I think I probably like BVS more, um, just because it told more of a of story. Course. 
it told us whether or not you like the story, it still told more of a story. Whereas Justice League is really just these guys are going to team up and fight a bad guy, and it's awesome. But it was more like Marvel. Yeah, it was more Marvel pace. Mm. So a lot of Marvel people are like, oh, it's not as bad as everyone else, but it's still not it's great. Got more jokes. It does, but they're very DC jokes, which it's I not appreciate. More Wonder Woman. Yes. It definitely has more Wonder Woman than Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> huh. uh, no, I was you know that makes sense. that they constantly put Wonder Woman in st- extremely deep V-cut shirts. Mm. And I'm like, come on, guys. Yeah, the costume mm. design, as far as like their um, civilian attire, was not as on point as mm. some of the other DC movies. It's like, you don't need to see her boobs to understand that she is a woman. She's the lady. <laughs> yeah. Ladies oh, that's Wonder boobs. Woman. I know that because I was of her confused. breasts. I thought Wonder Woman was a man, but that mans don't have boobs. Yeah. Mans? <laughs> Wonder whoa, man. <laughs> so oh, no, I, I hope in the next movies they they bring back a, the female... Just let women awesome. direct. Actually, can we just, given how much sexual harassment is everywhere, yes. can we just let women do all the things now? I mean, it would make sense, because if you give them back to men, they're just like, yeah, we have power again. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what happened? Why is everything more yeah. terrible? <gasps> it just keeps getting worse. I don't understand hey, why. Hey, we're not talking about the government right now. Okay? Uh, uh, that's where I was it's going. It's also Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> it's also Hollywood and everything else. But, you know, I'm done. Now someone else can go. Uh, well, since we already talked about... The Justice League that did not give us Aqua Butt. I'll just say that again. It's it was Aqua Tease. Shame. Uh, we also saw three billboards in oh. outside of Ebbing, Missouri. Yes. Is a full title. That, that is the correct full title. Mm. Uh, and it is a movie that is fantastic, and a lot of people won't see because it is. It does have some light moments. The uh, as usual, like with In Bruges from the director, they advertise it as a comedy. It's not. They have so much trouble figuring out how to to market Martin Madonna movies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It's not a comedy. It's brutal. Uh, You actually, you feel for pretty much every one of the characters, even the shitty one played by Sam Rockwell, uh, because he's like one of those examples of, you kind of are a product of your upbringing, because clearly your mom sucks. Oh my God. The woman who plays his mom was so fucking good. It's the mom that plays Max's mom on uh, Always always Sunny. Sunny. Oh, (laughs) Nice. But she's she's not, incredible in this. Like she, she actually has dialogue. <laughs> Beyond uh, meh. <laughs> but so it's like you hate him, you hate him, and then you're like, oh, I feel actually bad for you, and then I also feel bad for you, and then I feel bad. I feel bad for everybody in this movie, and other people will probably complain that there's no real resolution, but that honestly makes it more honest. And it's just a really good movie that no one probably really wants to watch right now because everyone wants escapism, and this is more so just real. Oh, it, it it's harsh, and like it was more harsh than I thought it was going to be, which is saying something because I knew whose movie I was about to watch. But it still, it punched a little harder than yeah. I thought it would. Hmm. Uh, it is refreshing to see Peter Dinklage play something other than Tyrion. Uh, because I'm just so used to seeing him in Game of Thrones all the time now. It takes mm. up so much of his time that it was fun watching him be somebody else and actually have different facial expressions. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that was refreshing. Um, and yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed it. I highly recommend it. But if you're not feeling great, this movie's not going to help you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Yeah, it, it would not be a great movie to watch on the day that we're recording when the tax bill went through. But, you know, no. some other day it will be. Yeah, when you're feeling really good, you're on a really pleasant date, and you just want to see <laughs> you just how bring that the mood could secure itself. <laughs> I don't know. And I'm feeling like, really good today. I need to knock myself down a pair <laughs> <or> two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that. Cool. 
Next. I watched a Korean film called Assassination, Ooh. and it was really, really good. And it was um, basically, it's uh, during the Japanese um, was it occupation, or just sort of the Japanese were, were um, controlling Korea. And, they occupied um, it. Same with China. Yeah. Okay, so... Um, but like, uh, there's just this band, this group that decides they're going to assassinate this evil Korean. Um, I think he was a general, and uh, so it's like, bas- it's kind of structured a bit like a like a heist movie. So they have like the mission they're gonna they're gonna like ambush this car and blow it up and do all these other things, but things go wrong because then somebody discovers their long lost twin sister is there, and uh, it doesn't sound it actually is awesome. It, I know that sounded silly, <laughs> um, but uh, it's and what's cool is like there is just this super badass chick who is an expert marksman and just just fucking awesome and she's base if there is a main character she's probably it and then um like what i love at one point is is the the guy who's got this group together goes okay so she's the she's going to be your leader and one of the other dudes goes well, how come she gets to be the leader? And then the the guy who put the group together just goes can you tell him what happened to your former superior officer and she goes oh yeah i shot him and the other guy just goes Okay, hello, Captain. You know, and it's like it was really because she was just so badass, and that was um, that's probably why my friend recommended the movie to me. But um, yeah, I quite enjoyed it. it I love a, a, it's not a heist movie, but it, it kind of feels like one at times, and I love a good heist movie. It's kind of like it is definitely a three act movie. It's like put the band together, put the team together, and then part two is let's try to carry out our mission. Mission fails, and then part three is, is like okay, mission changes, new mission, and then part three gets a lot more personal and a lot more like intense, and um, it's just uh, and it's also just so actiony, just fucking guns everywhere, explosions, um, super cool. As it should be. Yeah. Assassinations, that's Assassination. Cool. Oh, just one. Just the word just assassination. Just a singular assassination. Because yes. mm. they're only so trying only, to kill one guy. So only one person dies in the whole movie? Uh, <laughs> the other uh, are just I'll fuck ton of people die in this movie. <laughs> well, I feel like it's mistitled then. <laughs> uh, Graham, what about you? Well, as it is uh, currently holiday season, I've been doing my usual tradition of watching as many James Bonds as I can. Nice. So... Now I've just, just this year decided to make my own like series of marathons for myself. So I did the gold series. So I did Goldfinger, and then mm. Man with the Golden Gun, and Goldeneye. Goldeneye's the best. Which yeah, I mean Goldeneye is our Goldeneye is better than Goldfinger. You both just said out loud. Yes, well that is correct. Golden Goldeneye is our generation's James Bond. Goldeneye sure. has less rapey moments in it. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't have Sean. Well, and actually, it Gold, does Goldeneye have has a lot of quotable act- lines. Yeah, and Goldeneye has some. Goldfinger has more. (laughs) Also, Goldeneye is a cool video game that I think of every time I watch Goldeneye, like how hard this level was. You know what? I'll say it. That game sucked. (gasps) Yep. It was great at the time. It did not age. It was great at the time. It did not age well. It sucks now. No. It sure does. No, not duh. Incorrect. It totally does. I have no. did you play the Nothing 2010 Goldeneye? Uh, yeah, it was uh, Okay. I totally forgot about it. Like, it totally went past <laughs> when me. When they're like, yeah, Daniel Craig was in Goldeneye. <laughs> Move this no. thing out. <laughs> yeah, we're just going to redo him. Instead of random black-haired polygon thing, you have Daniel Craig. <laughs> just, <laughs> what? <laughs> square fists all the time. <laughs> ah, slappers only. I always played uh, as Mayday because when you shoot her, she goes, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that's this weird, crazy noise that she makes. I fucking love it. A little yelp. I played, 
I played as Jaws because I had a will to die. <laughs> I played as Odd Job on Slappers Online. I played as nobody. You I didn't play fucker. It. Son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, you didn't. Aw. Great. I liked Mario and stuff like that back then. I mean, that's okay. But Goldeneye. Yeah, but it was Goldeneye. Yeah, I never got into first-person shooters. But it was that's the okay. first-person shooter. Like it yeah, was the game as, for, for consoles. And I never for, got for into consoles. it. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. Come on. Like every You're Wolfenstein fine. 3D fan in the world just went, judge "What you. the fuck?" <laughs> no. Uh, and then I watched um, Skyfall Inspector afterwards. Oh, Skyfall's so good. Skyfall is really good. I really enjoy it. It's beautiful. Yep. Um, Spectre is beautiful. And then, yeah, I watched Spectre. I was like, ah, well, I don't know. I don't. I, I remember not liking it as much. And then I rewatched it, and I like it better than I did the first time. Uh, but they're all on Amazon Prime right now. So I've watched really cool. all of the James Bonds, which is really cool. I've watched Spectre three times. I want to say, and like the, I'm warming to it. I, I still yeah. don't. I think it's. It's better than Quantum of Solace, but not by much. Oh God! Like I still forget that movie exists. I oh. really wish oh, it, it exists. Because exist. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah. Um, how many has Daniel Craig been in? Three, two, three. No, no, it's four. Quantum of Solace. That's that's yeah. how I feel about Die Another Day. It's like uh, you're like, oh fuck, there was a movie with Madonna in it. <laughs> and Tomorrow Never Dies. And yeah. Another day. I love Die Another Day. It's yeah. a good song. It's a great movie. It's a good movie. song, but I just, the movie is Judging a James Bond yeah, film really by its opening song is really not good. I mean, they're all, well, a lot of them. Live and let We've done three episodes on James Bond. We should probably move on. Okay. <laughs> Although James I'd like Bond to do a fourth so one. Good. Yeah. Which one? All of them. Just James yeah. Bond is so good. Also, On Her Majesty's Secret Service. It's better than I, I remember, oh. but still See, not okay, great. <laughs> it actually has some good quality moments in it. Um, I actually like Lazenby. Yeah. Uh, all right. So I think we should move on to today's episode on War for Planet of the Apes. What? It is the most uplifting what is film for? of the year. Real uh, knee slapper, this one. Although uh-huh. it does have some funny parts, and more so than the other two movies. But I don't know if this one's more depressing or Ebbing Missouri uh, Three Billboards is. Well, that one's more real and isn't uh-huh. full of CGI monkeys. So sorry, prob- sorry, that apes, one's probably apes. more depressing since yeah. it is real. Yeah. At least yeah. War for Planet of the Apes, we can still say we're not there yet. Yeah, <laughs> we're not yeah. There yet. yeah. We might be on our way. <laughs> um, well, we know it's going to be the elephants, not the apes. Hmm. So I, I didn't really, I haven't ran numbers in a while, and I always bring them up. I don't know why at this point, but uh, basically, this movie did poorly. It, it did uh, nowhere near as good as either Rise or Dawn, um, which. I think is a blessing in disguise because I think this is a very good ending to a uh, trilogy and I don't want a fourth one. And if it made more money, we'd be getting a fourth one for sure. Yeah. You don't want another Apes movie with a potential fashion montage? I mean, I want... Hold the phone. That was awesome. Uh, (laughs) That was weird. That was great. (laughs) Great. But all I'm saying is like, I'm so fine with this trilogy being a trilogy and ending. Yeah, because like as you're... I mean, as I'm sure we'll get into it, but like yeah. as you as you watch the end of the movie, you're like, okay, if this movie does well, yeah, we'll basically just get a remake of all of the other Planet of the Apes movies. At least just Planet of the Apes. Yeah, at, yeah, at least the four, yeah, yeah. or the original. Um, but yeah, if it doesn't do well, then they'll just end it here, and we'll just transition into the original Planet of the Apes movies. Yeah, which is kind of what they do. Uh, yeah. But we'll get into that more after a. I mean, with the with the pan up, down, or, sorry, tilt break up down, to the breakdown. Break breakdown. Break trying to get trying, out of yeah, it. Graham is trying. No, to but what avoid I was saying is okay, talk no, no, over no, no, okay. it. It's a really long, <laughs> elaborate uh, idea that I have. To, so it's going to take me a while to explain this. So, 
Um, <laughs> that sounds really boring. Before, We're just going to no, skip it. Uh, <laughs> okay, so war for the Planet of the Apes in 30 seconds. Yikes. Here we go, 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 go. <laughs> All right, so Caesar and his apes uh, have successfully uh, sequestered themselves in the forest until a rogue colonel uh, finds them, murders Caesar's uh, wife and eldest son, imprisons all the apes uh, in an abandoned military base, which he uses as a uh, as his last stand against the military, who's named him as a uh, as an extremist. And then Caesar, Maurice, Steve Zahn, and a young girl avoid capture and, and free the apes. <laughs> As so often happens, uh, 90% <laughs> of the movie was in like three yeah, seconds. Yeah, I, I almost don't want to give it to you because for some reason, I don't remember Steve Zahn in this movie. I remember a monkey or an ape, sorry, I'm going to keep doing that, named Bad Ape. But there was no Steve Zahn playing himself, although that would have been awesome. That would have been awesome. And Steve Zahn. Yeah. Hi. Because I kept forgetting that it was Steve Zahn until I was like, Who, this character is just so like weird and wild. And why, why is he opening his mouth all the time? Oh, it's Steve Zahn. Yeah. Oh. Uh, oh. Yeah. So we'll say that's a success. Yay. <laughs> so the main reason I asked Graham to be on this episode, um, it wasn't a last ditch thing like with most of our common guests. This one actually was planned because Graham was one of the few people that was loving these movies for, with me when they were coming out. Mm. Um, but I wanted to bring it, because I don't think you're on the other one. Uh, how'd the uh, the second movie go for you? D- did you enjoy that experience? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was tough, because it was kind of doomed from the start, because the trailer that, the first trailer that I saw that came out kind of ruined the whole movie for me. Yeah. Um, or at least showed everything. Or showed the moment that really just laid out the rest of the movie. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's a good movie. It, you know, kind of needed to happen to shift everything. I mean, because, like, that's kind of the whole thing about this series anyways, is you, you know where it ends up. You know where it starts, yeah. right? And so it's kind of just as necessary, you know, means to an end to kind of get there. But, yeah. Yeah, but it, it was interesting more so... I'm not sure if it's more so, but it was the advertising for all three of these movies uh, to say has been abysmal. <laughs> um, yeah, they they don't really advertise be an, them much. Well, no, they advertise the shit out of them. Yeah, that's the problem. They uh-huh. advertise everything in these movies. If you watch anything beyond like the first trailer that comes out, you know every plot point of all three of these movies. Like it, it's it's horrible, and I don't know what the point is because it's yeah because again it's like yeah you know what's going to happen so just just say yeah there's apes in it and there's a cool fight sequence and you know all of this stuff and there's actual heart and there's actual meaning in a lot yeah. of stuff like the first one was so good i actually i actually think all three of them are fantastic oh movies. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they're they're really well made uh emily disagrees she just, I just didn't, face. this movie is okay i didn't I love, love war it. for planet of the apes it was me i they, think they all do a really good but, job of of having you feel for the apes, you know, and really getting in the heart and, you know, just get a little in their conflicted lives. of like, all right, should I root for the extermination of humanity? Yes. I, I do. Actually, all right the time. now, yeah. given all our the current circumstances, not, I like, think we deserve it. Yeah. It's barely a question in my mind. Yeah. yeah. You know, like the, the whole phrase for the, throughout the whole movies is apes together strong. And all yeah. I can think of man together dumb. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that's yeah. basically it, especially where we're at right now. Yeah. But yeah, it's like, no, yeah. Apes together strong. Like that's, they all come together with heart and they're, they're just learning how to be 
you know, not live together in a colony, but like be together and intelligently and intelligently care for one another. And that's just something that kind of inherently comes to them. Whereas for humans, it's, it seems like it has to be second nature. It has to be learned for us. And we just want to destroy everything, but you're dominate everything. You're touching what I think is, uh, touching on what I think is by far the strongest thing in this movie and why I love this movie as much as I do. And why I thought it was great. Uh, this movie does a great job showing like what you're saying. Ape together strong. So they know that they need to stay together and just stay the fuck out of humans' way. And mm-hmm. like we'll we'll stop killing each other. You fuck off and just leave us alone. Everything will be fine. Yeah. And not only are humans unwilling to do that, just be like, well, no, we're, you could have peace on our terms. We're not going to have it on your terms. Fuck you. We're the smart ones. Not only is that going on, the biggest conflict for the humans is not the apes, mm-hmm. which could destroy the whole planet. It's each other. The whole movie, the humans are preparing for a war with other humans. The war for the planet of the apes has nothing to do with the apes. Yeah. Like, and for me, I think that's just fascinating. Like, and the simian disease, but well, yeah, but but, yeah. St- but I mean, it's the the fact that the the main reason why humans get wiped out beyond the disease is because they kill each other. Yeah. Which is just so well, fucked, but totally true. An avalanche kills them. Well, yeah. <laughs> nature takes them out. Well, eventually, but like still- between the simian disease and the avalanche, that yeah. actually what, did, what yeah. did most of the damage. I mean, that's just honestly the stupidity adding on to it. Like, guys, guys, you're in a mountainous area with a lot of snow. That was a big explosion. You really shouldn't be running towards it. Yeah, like, that- humans yeah. are stupid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But man, I- man together, dumb. Like yeah. I said. <laughs> But I I, just, I I love that aspect of the movie. That, yeah, because like, that's a consistency throughout all three movies. Is that no, we are we are ma- we are man. We must rule all, and yeah. whether it's you know apes or dogs or whatever, we have to control everything and make it our own, right? Because it's like the disease was there from the beginning, but not so much stated until this movie, right? Um, and then yeah, the avalanche was really just huh, the icing on the top. Um, <laughs> For this one, but really throughout the whole thing, it's been man has just been trying to deststroy and rule all, rule Mother Nature really. Yeah, and this is Mother, Mother Nature. Mother Nature the took him the fuck out. Oh, exactly. Yeah. It was like, mm, no, sorry. Yeah, strong, strong will survive. So, and the thing that I I love about that is that in all three of these movies, humans would be fine if they just fucking calm down. Like, in, especially like you go to the first one, it's like they all would have been fine if they just let James Franco's thing not be tested as much as it was i don't remember exactly how it all worked out but like i know it was helping his dad and then it stopped helping his dad so he made it stronger and they moved it immediately into testing apes which made the apes go fucking crazy and take over the the woods outside of the golden gate bridge which don't exist but that's fine they're just there they're not the great redwoods they yeah. like to say that they are the yeah the forever the forest that they live in is forever long oh yeah they're like oh we'll just move north more north but you're still in California? <laughs> when are we going to get to Seattle? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That the Redwoods are that close. Seattle should just be like a stone throw away from nope. the Golden Gate Bridge. We're moving more north yeah. to the border of California, bordering <laughs> California. Which actually leads me to think, like, if they had just moved to Portland, they probably would be fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> People in Oregon would have been like, it's cool, man. Oh, cool you can, monkeys, you guys man. Can hang or Southern California. We'd be yeah, a little that's more true. open to We'd it. Be but all right. really, like, just, Redding and can like, you see, that like, area. A, a fucking ape right. walking down Hollywood Boulevard. You'd be like, whatever. Be you, man. Do I, you. Yeah. I'd be a little concerned. carrying a briefcase. <laughs> cool costume, <laughs> man. Yeah. <laughs> like, Andy Circus, you're taking you this a little too far. You would be perfect for my next project. 
Who's your representation? <laughs> oh, CAA, cool. <laughs> Those guys are a bunch of monkeys. Wait, no, I'm sorry. Apes, I, apes, I, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> it's a weird theoretical was it, monkey man. <laughs> was it this movie that we had to do with the children yelling behind us? Uh, no, that is that was Dawn. That was Dawn. Yeah. Oh, a monkey. Okay. There's a lot of monkeys. Shut the fuck up, kid. <laughs> <sighs> Actually, an ape. Please, yep. please shut just, up. Kid. Just say please, ape. Please, please shut up. Just say ape. Just say ape. The best part was when we complained, and then somebody came in to investigate. And then while that person was investigating, the mom was actually just holding on to her son's mouth the whole time. <laughs> Stop saying she didn't want to get kicked out. So she's like, if I could just make him be quiet while they're standing there and staring at us. And then you look, turn around and she has accidentally covered her child's mouth and nose yeah, and the child is yeah. dead. <laughs> and now He wasn't dead. Well, at least he'd be quiet for the rest of the movie. <laughs> yeah. he, didn't they actually Things get bleak. Because <laughs> the kids started crying. I don't remember. It was a long time ago. It was. Uh, so this movie. Yes. Sorry. Um, the next thing I, I kind of want to talk about this movie beyond just like the ramifications of Earth ver- or humans versus the Earth, which Earth wins, uh, at least in Every the movies time. it does. Every time. <laughs> uh, the other thing I want to bring up is the score. Like I want to bring the score up like mm. right away because usually it's like the last tacked on thing. Oh, and the score was good. Uh, the score in this movie, much like the one before it, is my favorite one of the year so far. Like it's just so good, and it's like it's one of these things where. I guess it's a good thing. Part of me wants to say it isn't um, that Michael Giacchino has been hired again and again to replicate other former yeah. um, composers work. And he does it in a way that makes it both his own, but still totally theirs. And it, it's awesome that you get, it almost feels like you're getting new music by these other people. Like when he did uh, rogue one, it felt like John Williams score with yeah. a little bit of Giacchino. Especially given that. how little time he had to do yeah. to make that happen. Yeah. And that would, well, he had way more time for this one, but for yeah. the, for That's rogue I mean, one. For rogue yeah, one yeah. yeah. And he does a great job taking other people's music and making it his own. It kind of makes me wish for the old days of like Pixar when he just get entirely his own thing. And it was amazing. But at the same time, like, this one in particular, the score is just so good. And they brought back, um, if you watch like the special features too, and I'm watching it today, they brought back the original percussionist from the first five movies for this movie, who's old as dirt. And <laughs> it's funny, they're they're talking about it. Like, so the percussion in the first movie was really strange. Like, what do you use for? He's like, oh, I got kicked out of a lot of hardware stores because I would just be in with mixing bowls, just hitting them really hard because <laughs> they need to make the right noise. Nice. <laughs> and it's just, it's funny. And the process of finding those types of unique noises that you associate with specific franchises is always fascinating. Because not a lot of times, not to ever discount any musician's like grandeur, but not every musician would do that. Yeah. They wouldn't just go exploring for that new perfect sound. they just do it in studio. And that's one of the things that Star Wars was always so amazing about was yeah. that they just go out in the world and hit things. <laughs> Is this a lightsaber? Is this the sound for the the apes when they're walking through the woods? I don't know. Maybe this one is. And to me, I find that incredibly fascinating since I'm not a musically inclined person. And I wouldn't really be able to hear the different like resonances and notes that these people hear. Oh, yeah. And the, the thing is, like the when they first made the first one, I'm forgetting the original composer's name. Uh, I usually know it off the top of my head. I apologize. But the, the what the original guy did was he made a such a distinct musical like signature that when you hear it, it instantly feels like Planet of the Apes. Like you hear that, you're like, "Oh, I'm watching a Planet of the Apes movies." And they kept it throughout all first five movies. And when they did uh, the Tim Burton one, they threw it out the window. And the Tim Burton one is horrendously awful, yet still one of the most successful out of all of them, um, which I find really? fascinating. Oh yeah, did well, very it's Tim well. Burton. Yeah. It's very good prosthetics. 
It did very well, uh, but they never did a sequel. Dang. Um, but that one and then Still both. Uh, you didn't like the Lincoln Memorial reveal at the end. Y- no. y- I wasn't a big fan of it. No. Although cops I, in I do full like the idea. clothing come out as apes. No, that was weird. I do <laughs> like the idea of a Tim Roth statue. I'm into that. But uh, beyond that, no, didn't really like it. There's um, If you read um, uh, The Greatest Movies Never Made or The Greatest Sci-Fi Movies Never Made, I forget which book it's in, but they talk about the Planet of the Apes. And the original, like when they were originally starting to want to remake it, they had all these plans and they had this, what sounded, I don't remember the details because it was a while since I read the book, but like um, they had a really cool plan for what they were going to do with that movie. Apparently there was a producer who was adamant that they have a scene of apes playing baseball and he kept (laughs) insisting they write it in. And so they finally, they got a writer who wrote in the scene of apes playing baseball and then took it back and they were like, oh, the scene is stupid. This, This whole script is stupid and threw it out. And then in came Tim Burton, and they ended up doing. So there was a version of that remake that was supposed to be actually pretty solid script, and it was just one producer who just would not let it fucking go about the baseball apes. That makes me think <laughs> of when Kevin Smith talked about trying to make Superman. Yeah, and with there was the spider. that one producer that wanted him to fight a spider. Yeah, <laughs> hey, he got that spider. He just had to wait till Wild Wild West. But he got his goddamn yeah. spider. Weird how like so some. Dumb things like that. It will just totally derail an entire project. Yeah. Oh, that producer still denies that story, by the way. <laughs> of course he Yikes. does. Um, anyhow, the, la- the last thing I was going to mention on the music uh, is uh, th- that it's great, and I want it to win an Academy Award, and I don't think that it will, but I feel like it should. Yeah. It's, you know, it won't. Just to interrupt you two a little bit, because I'm try- I don't have much room to get into your guys' discussion, because you guys are both more, way more into it than I am. Or I'm right, assuming a little more than I am. Yeah. <laughs> I love these uh, movies. Yeah. <laughs> That Emily is at this moment as well, but yes, for someone who's not as big of a fan with the music, it was amazing to me that I was able to pick it out even mm. because I only seen the originals once. Mm-hmm. You had me sit down for a week and we watched each one. Graham was there the for one of them. Day, <laughs> no, no, no. He yeah. showed up for Conquest. <laughs> Everyone loves Conquest. <laughs> uh, it's the best. And yep. all shot in Century City. <laughs> even when we were watching those, I mean, I got I got an appreciation for them, but even so, it was a little bit of a chore for me because I just didn't have the connection to it for my youth. <laughs> I love you, honey. I'm sorry. But I, I had to audible sigh loud enough so that everyone could hear how annoyed but I, I never, am. I never <laughs> even thought about it while I was watching those films about the score. So then when I'm watching this one specifically more than the other two, and I actually like feel it. Like I before I even thought about it, I was just like, well that feels familiar. Like that got mm. me a little excited. Why is that getting me a little mm. excited right now? It's like, oh, cause yes, that is from the original. Like it hit me in a way that I didn't even know I had attached myself to. Mm. Well here's the the thing that I find amazing about it, and I hope it was intentional. I could be wrong. Um but in the first movie there's virtually none of the original score. Like there there's a few musical hits here and there, but virtually none. And in the second yeah. one, it's about half and half. And by the third one, it's 100%. Hmm. So it's almost like the world is evolving through music from not That's the Planet cool. of the Apes to Planet of the Apes. And like the huh. if that was the goal, because it's there, if it was the goal, then that I, is, I love that. That's pretty that. clever. It, that is some artistic intent yeah, that yeah. needs to be appreciated. Yeah, I hope that oh, yeah. was the plan, because if it was, even if it wasn't, if it's a happy accident, it still turned out amazing. Mm. I'm a really big fan of the I score. know you are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but let's talk uh, the the main man, Andy Serkis. Amazing. Oh, man. The, it and looks incredible. so good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, and kudos to the VFX team because oh, wait, they just keep amazing. getting better and better yeah. and better. This looks fucking spectacular. And this, you go back to uh, Rise and it still holds up. Like It still looks better than most movies out today. And it's not... 
And it's oh, yeah. nowhere near as good as this one is. And like it was funny because like two and I when we were watching it, we I, I brought up I'm like, there's no reason for these apes to look this good and Thanos to look like a big fucking pink eraser. Mm-hmm. Like there, there's no reason. If it's using the same technology of mocap and whatnot, why do these things look picture real? Yeah. Not all the time, but I would say more, especially by the time the third one, more often than not, it looks like they are real apes in this movie. Yep. And Thanos looks ridiculous. Well, that's yeah. and the argument of genre in a way of how like the best example uh, of that argument, even though it was a bad movie, was I think it was R.I.P. or whatnot. The one <laughs> R.I.P.D. R.I.P.D. And how they <laughs> did real things. They did real prosthetics and they did real stuff, but then they put CG over it to make everything look like a cartoon. Because for some reason, there's a demographic that mm. went likes that. They don't they want the, the photo thing. real that stuff. Was the, that was the the prime example people bring up more often than not. Was yeah. not uh, R.I.P.D. was a big proponent of as well, but the worst was the new thing. Yeah. They did awful, 100% awful, practical awful. effects for some and reason, CGI'd over all of them. There's, there's, there yeah. is a Gaussian subset blur of over everything. audiences that want it to look cartoony in a slight well, way. They don't not, want it to be I don't real. think people actually do. I think but people, they do I think, because I, they, I think it's they one of those go, producer things that says, no, and they like they it. Should, uh, there should be a spider in every scene. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's one of those things. No, like, no I'll tell you what you like. You're, you're going to love this. No, you're going to love this, kid. Like, no, why does it look like crap? Like, no, well, give the, me something real. I, I can tell you what it is because they, they've they've broken it down. It's not that people want it; they show up to it because it's still properties that they enjoy and they deal with it. Just mm. like we went and saw. I love Justice League. Special effects in Justice League are rocky at best. Yeah, mm. Steppenwolf doesn't look great. Oh, Steppenwolf was terrible. You have fuzzy face for Superman. Although it's not as bad if you see it in two D. See it in two D. Yeah, don't see um, it in three D. Do not see it in three D. It's a rough mess. But like, it's it's fine. But producers look at demographics and demographics of mm. kids specifically they love video games so for mm. some reason these old dumb guys think that if their movies look more like video games kids will go see them there's nothing to validate yeah. this but that is from if I whatever play I... a video game i'll go play a video exactly game. exactly because th- yeah if you're going to the theater and that's the, the great thing about these movies is yeah when you go to the theater and you see it and you're like oh this looks real like this looks like these are actually real apes in yeah. this movie and I think one thing that, yeah, Marvel and DC and stuff like that could learn, or whatever, the, the cartoon version, you know, movie versions of these, is that that would be the difference. Is, yeah, when you want to be in a video game space, yeah, I can, we can all accept that it's going to look like a video game. Great. But when you go to the movies, you want it to look picture real, photo yeah. real. You want to be in that world. Like, take me somewhere where I'm not, right? And then if I can believe that this stuff actually exists... That's what we want. That's the that's the beauty. That's the you know the the wonderful thing about movies is taking us somewhere out of reality and putting us in this new reality with whatever this is. And that's the why standards aren't there for every movie. No, but like that's yeah. again getting back to Andy Circus, like the with Andy Circus and say Woody Harrelson or Jason Clark from the other ones, or like anybody, even back to uh Franco, like if Andy Circus wasn't there doing this job for these guys to act off of, this mm. whole movie would fall apart. Like, if you watch the behind-the-scenes thing, it looks ridiculous. Yeah, and that's true for all of the character actors in it. Yeah. In I movie. love I mean, the woman who plays Maurice. Oh, she's <laughs> yeah. so good. Uh, it's incredible. Karen Canoval? Canoval? I don't know. Yeah. I'm sorry. But she does an amazing job. Yeah. Like, and the, the interaction between the two, between Andy Serkis and Maurice. Like, oh, yeah. Just... So good. And I never would have guessed it was Steve Zahn if I had, if I had IMDb. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can pick his voice out so quick. Yeah. I've seen Saving Silverman too many fucking mm. times. <laughs> like, that is one of my biggest <laughs> guilty pleasure films. I watch it every year. I know. Like, I love Steve Zahn, but he just 
he brought out a thing in Bad Ape that I would never would have just thought of him. I never would have thought of him as this type of actor because I'm so used to him being a goofy dude. I mean, yes, he played a goofy ape. Yes, yeah, yeah. Bad but, Ape is the goofiest <laughs> ape. But it's just, it was such a specific character that it didn't feel like Steve Zahn to me. It just felt like Bad Ape. Yeah, I mean, at first, at first watch, I was like, "Who is this?" Like, this voice sounds familiar, and I just, I can't. But I know, I know this character. And then when I was like, "Oh, it's Steve Zahn!" Oh, it's Steve! Oh, Steve Zahn's in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then it's like I can't, I can't unsee it. I did like his character very much because, like, I it is everybody's so super serious, and it was nice to see an ape that was just like. Just a dude, yeah. you know, trying to live his life. And he wasn't trying to be part of the war, but sure, he'll go, you know, look, he's so excited to have friends that are like, yeah, I'll join you guys. This is pretty great. You know, it was just such a different character that we haven't seen in these guys before. I actually, I mean, not they to gave him off. more motivation than that, which I really appreciated yeah. because it wasn't just a fun romp for him. Mm, that's true. He was getting it was his, revenge. Yeah, he was getting yeah. a sense of justice through Caesar because they, they have that tiny scene where he's like, I had a child as well. Mm. And this that little moment between the two of them, I think the sincerity and the touchingness of that moment is just, it makes me tear up every time. Mm. Not to move off of uh, any circuses too much, but um, Steve Zahn and Bad Ape is probably my biggest qualm with hmm. this movie. Qualm? Yeah. Just, is it's... it qualm time now? Qualm, qualm. <laughs> is qualm a word? Sorry. <laughs> oh, you say it too many times, it definitely doesn't sound like one. That's a qualm. Qual- Qualcomm. <laughs> um, just because like, I love these movies so much, and I love them because they have so much heart and are, I don't know, so close to, you know, I'll use air quotes on reality, um, that having comic relief just felt... It felt like a studio uh, note. Unrealistic, yeah. It just it took me out of it. Like, I understand the need for it, but yeah, it totally feels like a studio note. You're like, yeah, just, you guys just take yourself so seriously. But that's what I love about these yeah, movies, that, is they take them so seriously. But I think uh, and Matt Reeves is, was not a number one director for me at all. Like, it was uh, after I saw um, Let Me In, I'm like, hey, he's good. It's not yeah. really my favorite. And he's I, I've, he's gone from like, yeah, he's a director I'm aware of to one of my favorites over the past few years. And just listening to him talk about everything, like I really enjoy everything he does. And I think this uh, studio note of a character, if that's what you want to call him or what I want to call him, mm. uh, was handled very well. Like Because if this wasn't the intentional to always have him be that character, I think having a comedic relief character, especially in movies today where people just want escapism, they don't want super serious movies and we're proven yeah. time and time again, it kind of makes sense that they're like, all right, well, you got to lighten this one up because this one's fucking bleak. <laughs> it, it, was, it is really bleak, and his yeah. introduction is pretty great too. Like with yeah. the where you can't see what or who he actually yeah. is, and then you have this huge chase sequence, and he fires back at Caesar, and you're like, "This is really intense moment." And then immediately into slapstick comedy. He serves more than one purpose than that. Yeah. That's he, the thing. If you have a comic relief character that that's all they do is tell jokes, then but the, that's he no doesn't good. just no. do that. Yeah, yeah. he's that's also what, the vision into the actual Planet of the Apes. Yeah, where they realize that it wasn't just them that was right. affected. It's every ape in the world, probably. Well, that's why yeah, I say like, soon to be. Yeah, yeah. That's why I say like if this was a studio note, that you need to have a a relief character. They did it perfectly. Like yeah. they took somebody and it's like, all right, well, if we have to have a, a light character. Will make him centric to the plot and make him important, and that's what they did. Like they yeah. made a character worthwhile and not just there to crack jokes and say, "Where's my banana?" Like they could have made it much worse. Oh yeah, and that's the I it's loathe like to bananas. Give, <laughs> give this movie, it's, yay! It's, <laughs> it's for you, honey. 
<laughs> is that that yeah still that is my biggest qualm and it's still it's like yeah i just wish he didn't have as many comedic notes as he did but he's still yeah he's still an incredible piece of it and he yeah he he opens up the world of the planet of the apes as opposed to oh just northern california is full of apes now <laughs> i yeah. i feel like i'm probably the only person here then who i i enjoyed a lot of things about the movie that we've discussed but overall i eh, i felt kind of lukewarm about it Why? and, and you i did see the previous two yeah, it's a long time ago, and that—that's one of my. That's why I'm wondering that's if one you of my had qualms. the connection to the previous. Yeah, two. that's mm. I have two qualms. Qualms. We're doing qualms. Um, it's Qualm Corner today, guys. Qualm <laughs> Corner, brought to you by Qualcom. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so my first is that yeah, I feel like you had to have seen the previous two movies to you really to. follow this. Oh my this. god, yeah. And it had been a long time since I'd seen them, so I just kind of forgot. But it, 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 there was no entry point. If you are not familiar with the series, you can't just pick this movie up. And I feel, I feel strongly that. That with a few exceptions, for the most part, every movie needs to be able to be seen by someone who hasn't seen the previous installments. It, it, you know, like, I mean, maybe there are some, but even a Star Wars movie, you can pick it up having never seen previous Star Wars movie and get in pretty quickly, I think. Um, I would disagree on yeah. almost every third installment of any franchise. Well, even Thor Ragnarok. Third installment, yeah. Yeah, third installments, I think. Second ones can, third ones, they just don't. Almost across the board. I just don't see how you get any like character development if you have to make each one. I don't know, but what Especially I do know... Especially previously on... Yeah. What I you can jump into... You can jump into Dawn, no, no problem. Let's, let's what I do know is if we're going to judge this movie on its merits... Then having to have seen two previous movies to understand it is uh, is a mark in the negative column for me because like yeah I had trouble I had trouble giving a shit that's the problem is like it's beautiful the acting is amazing I like that character like they're really the score was great but I don't like I I had in order to really appreciate these characters you had to come in with a pre existing knowledge of them and I just couldn't remember I've seen those movies I just couldn't remember and so I was like wait who are these now. And then um, my second issue is I felt like Woody Harrelson's character, who we haven't really talked about yet, um, was so arch and so bad. Mm. And so even when he was telling a story which should have made him sympathetic, it made him worse. That at the there was no point. I like my villains to have a little bit of, oh, man, yeah, I see why that guy's like that. You kind of see why the guy's like that, but he's still a fucking asshole. There was nothing about this man that humanized him, which is kind of funny given the nature of the movie. Um, and that maybe maybe that's the point. Yeah. I, I, I th- I really you're think nailing intentional. what worked about it. Yeah, yeah. well, not for me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not for me, buddy. But because like, what? Fu- Sorry, go ahead. I find it refreshing in a way, because especially ever since the early two thousands, really, uh, I think that's when it started especially in like horror films they wanted the people doing all the murder stuff to have some relatability hmm. uh and oh, they want every villain to be the hero in their own story yeah and i don't yeah, really I like that, that. Uh, yeah, i don't well fine <laughs> the, you know the biggest example of that darth vader yeah we didn't get relatable darth vader until the end of the second movie but he was still an iconic Mm. villain that you were afraid of you didn't understand him you didn't know his motivation other than he was a villain and everyone loved it we don't really get those type of villains anymore that's one of yeah. my biggest issues with the marvel films like every villain has its backstory of like ah, they're they're you can kind of understand why yeah. they're mad I'm he's like, not I really don't a bad care guy why they're mad i want them to be a villain yeah i want them but, to be unstoppable i just really <laughs> I like just i want to be afraid unstoppable so, force for for this movie though in particular and this franchise in particular i think woody harrelson's character is spot on perfect and the reason i say that is each one of these movies caesar has a specific human counterpoint and they parallel each other 
So in the first movie, it's an ignorant child. Like uh, James Franco thinks everything's going to be fine if he just keeps plunging ahead and everything's going to be great. And Caesar has the same reaction. In the second movie with Jason Clark, it's we can live together. We can make this work. We can totally make this work. And Caesar has the exact same thing. In the third movie, Caesar is broken by the death of his child and wants nothing but revenge. Just like Woody Harrelson is broken by killing his child and wants nothing but revenge on humanity for putting him in this position. Like they parallel each other so well at every point. Caesar, if you're looking at it from the human point of view, is just as ruthless and just as horrible as Woody Harrelson is to us from the apes' point but of view. Caesar's humanized. Because we've so, had for lack of a better term, view. yeah. But I mean, which is the point? Yeah. But that's, that's because that's, we're that's on the, his the side, yeah. Point, right. But, but he's. This, hum- I would like to know what I would like to feel like. Woody Harrelson has a side, and his side is just like, Ur. that's his whole side. For me, which sounds like literally which sounds like yeah. an ape. Yeah. yeah. For me, <laughs> that's exactly the point. Woody Harrelson, <laughs> that, this is the cross point. Woody Harrelson's side is total nihilism. Yeah. He, I, he, I, that just doesn't work. For, I I just need to... I like moral conundrums. I like being in a... I like characters who are put in a situation where they're like, what is good and bad? And I just feel like this was like, apes good, humans bad. And again, that maybe is the point. Maybe I just didn't like it. That's fine. <laughs> you know? I mean, I agree. Like, There's a lot humanity's, of people that don't like these movies. Yeah, humanity's fucked up. I agree. Wrong. But I think the... the well, okay. No, just <laughs> uh, but I, I, I just... I feel... I want a little bit more gray area. And I feel like this movie just didn't have any. And I... You know, I don't know. Uh, eh, that's just my perspective. Yeah. I, I I totally see where you're coming from. Yeah. I, I don't think you're wrong. I just I think that it's uh, I think the gray area was all like because the was all established in the second movie, which again you say is a problem. Uh, because yeah, if you didn't have the gray area established in the second movie, this one is very black and white. Yeah, no. and you really need to watch it as a sequel. Like it need it, it does not really exist so on its own. All, if you're gonna watch War for the Planet of the Apes, carve out a day. To watch all three movies. Yeah, and it'll you be can, a wonderful You can day. totally skip the first one. Like, it, it's like... Uh, yeah. But the I first mean, one has so many good moments. Like, no, I'm, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying you should skip the first one. It's a great movie. But I'm saying that if you just wanted to watch War, you need to watch Dawn. If you just want to watch Dawn, oh, yeah. you can just throw in Dawn. Every one of the flashbacks to Kubo makes zero sense if you don't remember yeah. or have seen the other one. Yeah, not at all. Like, you get this weird, like, oh, there's a really evil ape in his dreams. I, I don't really know why he's there, but he's just fucking pissed. He doesn't look Who is this nice ghost ape? Yeah, I got a little confused. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Kubo is incredible, though. Yeah. Incredible villain. I mean, yeah. But I do like there's that... your sympathetic villain right there. Ah, oh, yeah, all of the second one. Kubo, total when... villain, but you kind of understand his perspective. Did anybody yeah. realize that now Dawn of the Planet of the Apes is uh, King Kong versus King Kong? Because both Kubo and Andy Serkis have played King Kong. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> but have either of them played Queen Kong? No, only one person has played Queen Kong, and we should never mention <laughs> this again. <laughs> I'm always there's going a, to mention it. There's a Queen Kong. Oh Remember, my God. I told you about this. Did you? It was in my Where Have I Been Doing once. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, okay. okay. Yeah. Apparently, yeah. I didn't sell it hard okay. enough. Yeah, that is a... Uh, Maybe we should watch that tonight. Maybe not. <laughs> but maybe oh, I'm I leaving remember, maybe I on the remember. table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We want to watch the porn star hang out with yes. female apes. Uh, I do remember. How about and we'll talk about Dawn. being yeah. liberated. Brian and I will oh watch Dawn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be in another room, or I, we can bring a VCR and watch Sloan. Uh, oh God! There's always room for Sloan or Red Green or Red Green. 
Yeah. This is going to be a weird yeah. night. Yep. Yeah. I'll bring my laser disc player. No Anyhow, one, no one listening to the podcast. How about the cares? podcast that we're on? <laughs> happening. Uh, yeah, that was a weird uh, sidestep. Yeah. Yeah. I'm probably just going to delete and leave in this part. Uh, uh, <laughs> and the one, one and thing that, that I brought up. Anyways, <laughs> that was weird. Get out of here. Weird <laughs> shit happened, you guys. Weird, weird shit. Uh, and one we're thing back. that I brought up again, not really again, but when we were watching it last night. Uh, I was just watching it and like all the be- pretty horses that the apes have. And Aww. I'm like, do you realize that no matter who's sentient, horses get horses fucked. Get yeah. fucked. <laughs> horses are the bitch. Planet, planet of the horses. <laughs> yeah. not, not literally. But. Like if you had to fight between yeah. a horse or an ape, which one would you choose? I don't want to be stomped on by a horse. I'll tell you that much. Well, uh, looking at or the horses. pounded on by an ape. Both of these sound <laughs> shitty. And uh, the one thing that I see like with the horses thing is like with Humans, we're you know around you know good average weight and size. But gorillas with apes, weigh a lot. They they're really effing so heavy. <laughs> and I just whenever they're just like. Well, yeah, but think about humans wearing like armor. Oh yeah, that's true. But I still think a gorilla might wear more. Hundreds of pounds. It's that's one of the reasons that we haven't got horseback riding. Is Brian doesn't get to the weight limit. Yeah, I don't. I'm too big for horses. I have to get a real big fucking horse. Like they want you to be under 200 pounds. No, uh, under 250, and I'm just a little bit over. I I I mean, I think I'd be fine. I don't think they're apes. Get on this scale over 250. (laughs) They're like in the fours, fives. I rode. We went horseback riding on my honeymoon, um, and uh, my only memory of it is just like realizing at one point that you kind of think the horse knows what it's doing and it's just going to take care of everything. It, it, it does not. No, nope. it's You an have animal. to tell it that what to do. That horse wants to eat grass. Uh, no, you have to tell it what to do and if you don't, apparently it will run you right into a tree. Oh, has, um, has no problem I, with that. Which uh, yeah. I learned the hard way. You yep. ran into a tree. I did. <laughs> and, uh, and then I fell off the horse. When I was trying to get off gently. Um, hey, you and, and Superman have something in common. Yeah, right. So, <laughs> oh, wow. <man>. Wow. <laughs> As he's drinking out of a Superman mug. I oh, love Superman. He's just always in my brain. Did but Superman my, fall off a horse? My point. Okay, we got to My point is horses are terrifying. Okay. So in my point is horses are terrifying. So if horses did take over the planet, I actually would be more afraid of a horse than an ape. I probably Fair would point. be too. An ape has never tried to crash me into a tree. <laughs> Yet. And you might yeah. be able to... <laughs> what, what about fire an AK-47 at you? See? <laughs> My horses horse can't do guns that. Don't don't kill pe- guns don't kill people. People kill people. And monkeys do too. <laughs> and dangerous Thank you, Eddie apes who are trying to end the world. Yes. Yeah. Seriously, the only time the horse thing bothered me was when the gorilla's oh, on there me. and he picks up the yeah. other ape to put on his back like oh you yeah. lost your horse hop on this one with me and that horse is like rrr, rrr, fuck you <laughs> and the horse snaps in twain <laughs> it's like a watermelon <laughs> yeah I, I also it, did like once they got to the top of the hill after the chase and bad ape is no longer on the white horse the white horse is just coming back to them and be like guys something weird just happened <laughs> some tiny little just ape back just rode to me <laughs> Uh, the last thing I, I like feel an like exciting we should, Saturday uh, night. <laughs> Tiny little mostly hairless ape. <laughs> Gross. Uh, uh, the last thing I want to talk about in this movie before we, we move on to quotes and whatnot. Production design? Uh, was not production design. So I guess the second to last thing I want to talk about, uh, we'll finish with production design, uh, is uh, the girl. Nova, mm. if you will. Nova, not Nova. Uh, Matt Reeves has confirmed. He's like, oh, it's just a coincidence name. It's not supposed to be Nova from the original. Oh, it's that's a weird choice. Well, I think the idea is supposed to be like they don't know what to name humans, so oh. now they have a name. So they have a Nova. So if Nova has a daughter, like oh, it's another Nova. So yeah. it's supposed to be like this could be 
Oh, now it's a 2017 Nova. Yeah. <laughs> It'll just carry down the line of more people use the name Nova to name more Easy. characters. Which, I mean, it kind of makes sense. Like, yeah. in a way, like, you name pets. Yeah, but yeah. you give them different and names. Ape, ape. Sometimes. There, there's some my people who like, I mean, how much Snowball Aaron 3? after himself. So that cat was Aaron Cat the rest of its life. That's kind of amazing. Yeah, like, people do that all the time, though. Like, there's, uh, like, some people, whenever their dog dies, they they get the same breed and name it the same thing, so Ugh. they feel like they keep the same animal. Let it go, man. It, I agree. It's weird, but people do it. Kind of sad. So maybe yeah. that's the and Nova. I say this as someone whose dog died this with, week, so. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, and with apes, I mean, it's like, you know, okay, Coco, Koba, whatever. It's like, how many... Four rocket. letter names, rocket like or just like random names. You're going to give these animals. Yeah, so, so I yeah. mean, it kind of makes yeah, sense. Like they scrape the bottom of the barrel of monkeys. Um, uh. <laughs> uh, I'm proud of that one. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> no, I want to keep explaining why the joke was funny. Um, but what I liked about having her in this movie, beyond just giving Caesar the constant reminder of the hashtag not all humans um, are horrible, mm-hmm. death seeking mm-hmm. fuckers. Uh, it gave an excellent thing that I didn't think they were going to approach in the new trilogy, which is why can't humans talk in the originals? Yeah. And I thought that was really fascinating. Uh, just showing it happen and showing how afraid people are of that happening to them. So like the second it happens to any of them, they just kill them. Like it's just like, it's really fucked up because they're still alive. Yeah. They still have thoughts. You can yeah. still see that there's there's something behind the eyes. They just can't get. But that's out. been yeah. one thing that humanity, especially mostly white civilization, has fought against its entire time: the perception of being primitive. Mm-hmm. They always they either want to conquer it or they want to kill it. Yeah, yeah. We, it's and, not and tolerated. That's, that's the whole thing about the series. You know, it's like we are the top dog. We must be heard. We must. Yeah. You know, if if something, you know, g- comes against us, it must be destroyed or dominated. And I think it 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 really legitimizes. Um, this from the actual uh, original movies when you know it's like, oh people just weren't taught how to speak so that's why they can't speak and they're just dumb now it's like no this is a long series of a disease robbing them of language and then presumably robbing them of logic and everything else like stealing the one thing that makes us human is this higher form of thought and yeah it's like that is the only thing that separates us from animals yeah. And what would happen if that's something that is an unstoppable force like a disease? What would happen if there was nothing that we could do about it? And We'd it, go mad. A, it's terrifying. Yeah. And I think it's awesome to bring that to life and really make it solidified in this movie. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, even if you don't think the movie is great as a whole, which Emily is yeah, far a, from the, I didn't think it was a no, bad movie. No, no you're, you're far from the only person who's told me that. Yeah. Like, right. I, I have somebody yeah, yeah. who loved the first two movies. I'm never going to love these as much as Brian does. Yeah. Well, uh, Planet of the Apes are some of the best movies ever made. I think we all agree with that. Moving mm. on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like, even if you don't like, even if you don't love the movie, I, I haven't spoken to anybody who's like, no, it was all around terrible. Yeah. Like everyone's like, no, there's some really theme, like really interesting themes and plot and character and stuff in there, and just people just didn't like the whole package. Which I can't, I, I don't, I disagree with it, but I don't think like you're wrong by any means because like well, not, yeah, it's an opinion. Yeah, well, <laughs> we're, we're living in 2017. Opinion. All opinions are wrong except <laughs> you can for your have own. Some wrong opinions, kind of like uh, saying that. There's some really good people on both sides, guys. Oh, but, yeah, that's a fucked wow. up opinion. Uh, but like the, the the long and the short of it is, I think I love that we got this trilogy, and I love that we got this updated, really cool story of Planet of the Apes, especially when uh, 
I, I was convinced we'd never get another one of these things. And like, and yeah. when they told me they were making them, because they called me first, of course, uh, <laughs> I was like, no, thank you. I, I don't want that at all. It sounds horrible. Actually, don't make this franchise. Yeah. Especially like we were talking about with, uh, before with CGI and stuff like that. It's like, dude, like I can't remember what the year the first one came out, but it's like, I don't know if the technology is ready to like make this real. Like, are they going to just be in floppy masks again? Like, yeah. Like, I don't know if we can survive that in the 2000s. And they even said, like, uh, well, we're using the same uh, effects company that did Gollum in Lord of the Rings. I'm like, yeah, he was good, but he still looks a little cartoony. Yeah, he still looks plasticky and rubbery in parts. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it was good, but man, not real. Yeah. But, yeah, when this came out, I am still astonished from this one and the first one of, like, how real this is. Like, when you get close up with you know their fur and you see it's yep. like it's actually moving like real fur and then they get wet and they're in conditions they're, they're in, in the snow. world and they're in, in the, the snow yeah. with <laughs> ice and icicles and stuff and it's all lot and it looks so realistic it's yeah it's incredible it's mind-blowing how real this stuff is yeah uh but last but not least as soon as true is done blowing her face out We'll see Allergies, there. man. <laughs> uh, but Chewie wanted to bring up production design, which I, personally I think it was better in the one before this. But it's mainly like the biggest moment of production design in this movie for me was the ski lodge hmm. when they go to see Bad Ape, because uh, it's there's so much levity in that scene with the production design because it's still destroyed and everything, but it's beautiful, mm-hmm. and there's not too many beautiful shots in this movie everything's kind of even when they're in the forest they're hiding so their hiding area is not that great looking it was much more grand in the second movie where it felt like a big community in an ape city and now they're just they're in hiding so there's not much grandeur to it and then you get to the human side well they're hiding in an abandoned uh armory that turned into a quarantine place where people were dying left and right so that place is degrading and dirty and old and falling apart and i just love the production design when you got to the magical wonderland of that ski loft because everything's covered in snow everything's clean they got the beautiful ice they even have a moment where i thought there was another person there because you see in the background there's a girl sitting on a fake ski loft i don't remember if it's a mannequin or if it's a picture Hmm. but it looked like a real person for a moment and that's like i don't know i was just looking at everything around (laughs) in that scene i loved it to dearly i would have had a hell of a time putting that together because that involved a lot of work Mm. it it did but there isn't a single set on this movie that isn't half green screen every single take my no 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 no, no. i'm not saying (laughs) that i'm saying that in a good way like that matt reeves is a has a great eye for how to blend practical with cg and that says Mm -hmm. a lot about the production design team as well that they they can Lord of, sort of anticipate what the CGI is going to look like and decorate accordingly. Yeah, you, yeah. you without a very good production designer who can plan accordingly, you you don't get it to look that yeah. good. Yeah, it just or looks you like can't boxes set in front of green screen. You're exactly. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, well, okay, that's real, and that's obviously. Not. And and I, this one seamlessly blends. Where I couldn't tell you what's CG and what isn't. Like they yeah. did such a good job with it. I yeah. also really liked when they got into the tunnels underneath mm. the compound at the end. It reminded me of this obscure film I watched in college. I know that sounds stupid, but I don't even remember what its name was. It was like a Polish war film about these people who were trying to escape the Nazis through the sewer system. 
and they had directions drawn on the walls trying you're, to help them. You're not talking about the Uwe Boll film Tunnel Rats, are no, you? No, no, this is made in like the... Because <laughs> like, uh, that's exactly what that plot is. No, I'm talking horrible. about... This was a movie made in like the 40s or the 50s. Okay. It's black and white. It's actually extremely bleak because everyone dies. Uh Spoilers. But we didn't even know the name of the movie, so. But now it's ruined. But now I, <laughs> but now I never want to see it. But it just remind reminded me of that the way they, like I liked the chalk markings on the wall of like this way out of hell, and then the other wall says the age of apocalypse or something, something like that. Apocalypse now. Apocalypse now. Yeah. yeah. Which the crossover and homage and references it's, to apocalypse. That's now just funny because even in, even when people are dying yeah. in Incredible. quarantine, yeah. they still like puns. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're yeah, dying, but you know what? Yourself. I could use a pun right now. <laughs> don't don't now. we all Does do that, that though? Good? Does that sound don't we good? all do that when you're in your like bleakest, lowest point and you're so depressed? You just make jokes because like for a second you can laugh and then be yeah. like, oh yeah, at least, uh, I mean, we're all dying, but hey, puns. <laughs> <laughs> puns will set us free. <laughs> and yeah, because what I was going to say is the production design isn't as obvious in this movie as it was in the other ones, but there's still just great moments because... I mean, that's one thing I'll really appreciate with this director. He's kind of like a J.J. in a way where he's taking existing properties and making them new. But J.J. always really... He's also good friends with J.J. He is? Mm. Yeah. That's mm. kind of funny. Cloverfield. Mm. I don't know. They're like two like opposites in a way because J.J. makes these like family-friendly, big, bombastic films. Very overstated. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here. J.J. Abrams made this film. <laughs> And this, and he's so much. It's Matt, right? Matt Reeves, yeah. Matt Reeves is so much more understated, where he puts so much work into it being about the movie and not mm-hmm. as much about him. Well, and Matt Reeves, especially if you watch like any like interview with him or like any behind the scenes thing, he is all about collaboration, which says a lot. At least in my opinion, a lot of the great directors out there are the exact same way. Yeah, like the whole like I will let you do your job because that's what you're here to do, mm-hmm. and it will be better if I let you do it. And I'll just tell you if I like it or not. Well, right? For the most part, yeah. He he just he as has long as same... it has flares in it. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he, JJ has his crew, so they all kind of look samey. But that's because he keeps using the same people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't think that's a problem with Abrams at all, and no. I I love it about Matt Reeves. Like, it's just it's interesting how di- they're doing similar things, but they just feel so different. Mm. Well, Matt Reeves, I think, gets lost in his work a little bit more than Abrams does. Like, Abrams kind of has a brand feel to it, which, again, I don't think is a problem. It's just you're watching an Abrams movie. Yeah, you know what you're getting. JJ's like the new Bruckenheimer. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. I always knew when I was watching a Bruckenheimer Bruckenheimer. movie. Yeah. Like, like better. Yeah, he's definitely better than (laughs) Bruckenheimer. I don't know. I really enjoyed the first... uh, Pirates. Pirates and Mm. the first First Nicolas Cage Magician's assistant. No. Matchstick man. <laughs> no. National treasure. Na- thank you. <laughs> Dang it. Why'd you give her the actual one? <laughs> I was going to go for Wicker Man next. It's going to be really fun. Uh, quotes? Quotes. Air quotes. I had Air my quotes? quote the moment it was said. I didn't even think about it. I was like, oh, that one. Same. Am I going to say it? Go for it. All right. Yeah. So emotional. <laughs> I love it because... He, uh, Who's emotional here, fucker? You're all emotional. <laughs> you're all so emotional, but you're blaming Caesar for all of his emotions, even though Caesar's having a lot of emotions right now. Uh, mine is a uh, it's a bad ape quote, because um, although he is pretty funny the whole way through, there's one moment for me that actually, like a lot of times it's a soft chuckle. There's one that gets me actually laugh out loud, and that's the one I went for. Um, 
it's when they realize where they're at underground and they look up and like, oh, they're probably up there. And uh, Maurice is like, well, then climb on my back and go up there. And he realizes what he's asking. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. And Maurice just looks at him and screams and he just stands with his mouth agape for a little while and goes, okay. <laughs> I also had a bad quote because... Uh, as, as the aforementioned falling off a horse might indicate, I am clumsy. Um, <laughs> and so when he raced around the corner and tripped and went, all right, like, oh, that was very loud. Sorry. <laughs> um, he was like, I'm all right. Um, that, uh, that resonated with me. I was like, oh, I have literally done that. I have, I have fallen down and known there were people in the other room and gone, I'm okay. <laughs> Just letting everybody know. Fine. So I found that moment highly relatable. Nice. Did a lot of stuff and we only really got to see the one little Nova thing. Oh. I want to but, see Bad Ape's uh, treasure trove because, you know, he's been collecting things for a while. Yeah, yeah. He does not want Nova to play with them. No. Put that down. It's not a choice. No, that's fine. That's not, that, that, no, that's not yours. That's, that's fine. Right. <laughs> no, we shouldn't go anywhere. Here, you can keep this. See, she keep it. She keep it. You stay. Now we're all friends. Okay, I'll stay here. Uh, mine is a, a Colonel quote right just before so emotional, but um, you were impressive. Smart as hell. You were stronger than we are, but you're taking this all so, so personally. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. That's the that's the statement of the movie. Yeah. It's like, ugh. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, review system's been kind of tough for this one because my gut instinct is to do other Planet of the Apes movies, but I don't think everyone on the table has seen all of them. Uh, so, that yeah. would be a real, real fucked up one to do. Um, so, I'm going to go with uh, trilogy ending films. It's the last part of any trilogy. The Return of the King. Oh, okay. Damn it. You really wouldn't be able to understand very much that was going on in Lord of the Rings unless you watched the previous films. Very true. And it was a very high note with a lot of emotions and a lot of CG. Uh, episode three. <laughs> so emotional, right? <laughs> it really is. <laughs> it has the most emotional moment in the whole franchise. Yeah, yeah. So there, that that's it, just for that moment. Of- no! <laughs> Not that. Not that. That was the so emotional moment. That's so emotional. That's so emotional. Um, but as a joke. That was okay. In a good way. Because that was this put mo- in in the stupid DVD sings, and I hate them. Not in the third one. That was totally in theaters. Yeah. Episode three, not episode six. Oh, so, yeah, episode three. I was thinking <laughs> Return of the Jedi the whole time. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with Matrix Revolutions because... Oh, yeah, man. man. Remember, she didn't love this movie. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> it is beautiful. Um, there's some really cool sequences in Matrix Revolutions. Um, they're trying things. There are some cool characters, but it it's also completely dependent on having seen the other two movies in order to understand even an inkling of what the fuck is going on in that movie. Mm. Very true. And a lot of uh, crucifying symbolism. Mm, indeed. Well, because both of my picks have now been taken. <laughs> uh, this is your go- rating system. So. I know, and I was trying to be polite and let people go first, and that fucked me over. So I have to go with a movie that I don't actually like that much, but I think fits the bill. Uh, and it's kind of like very similar to what Emily said. Pirates of the Caribbean 3, dot, 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 whatever the rest of the title was. At World's End? Is that it? That I wasn't the last so. movie, though. You said trilogy ending. But that w- that did end the original trilogy. Okay, yeah. all right. And then they wanted more money. Um but that definitely didn't end the original arc of the trilogy. Mm. And since it was shot at the same time as part two, if you didn't see part two, it makes zero fucking sense. Mm. And even if you did, it still kind of doesn't. Um, but much like this one, I actually think it does a good job tying up the storylines and like it ends things very well. Unless you want to go waste time watching Jack Sparrow movies. 
Um, hey, the last one we actually laughed a lot at. The last one just kind of says fuck it. The middle and one, that was way more entertaining. Number four, I don't really remember at all. Yeah, four is a rough watch. As mermaids, that's yeah. about all I remember. And oh, yeah. Bluebeard or something beard. Blackbeard. Blackbeard. I haven't seen the last two. Um, fifth one's okay. It's not yeah. great. Fifth one's got some good moments. It does have some really, really clever written lines, but you do have to suffer through Johnny Depp, which uh, can be tough these days. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, yeah, I guess Pirates of the Caribbean three. I wanted, I really wanted to go Return of the King, but I just hesitated mm. a second too long. So Sorry, I good job, jumped right in there. No, I've done that to you. I can't even count how many times. It's <laughs> only fair that you do it to me this time. Um, I think it's time to talk about next week. Is everybody excited about next week? That movie that's coming up next week? Oh, yeah. Uh, sure. Indeed. That's a great Can't movie thing. Can't wait to thing. find out what it is. Yeah, you and me both. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we looked it up recently and I totally forgot. Uh, next week. Very professional podcast. Yep. Uh, <laughs> so professional. Oh, I am excited about next week. It's one of my favorite movies of the year that I'm sure many people are going to disagree with me on it and I can't wait to argue with everybody. It's a movie called Good Time. And it is not a good time to watch it. Oh. Uh, it is very, very upsetting. It sounded good when you said oh, the title. Yeah. I was I was anticipating something fun, and oh, then you took it away. Yeah, it's not fun. It's oh. a rough watch, but it's a very, very and good movie. And that is a terrible title. Um, it's, it's ironic. It's ironic. Oh, man, I hate ironic titles. <laughs> uh, wow, I don't remember why I put that on the list, but I'm excited to watch. Oh, now I remember. Okay. Uh, so then the week after that. We have the second biannual of one of my favorite episodes that we do around here now with our, our Secret Santa battle. Um, I don't know who the guest will be yet. I'm guessing it will not be Chris Ortiz. No offense to Chris. We love you, but you've been on every one of them so far, so we need to have somebody else on. Um, but that one, if you've not listened to one before, it's where we all get randomly assigned movies. We do not know who gave them to us, and we have to say why they're good or bad, and then guess who gave them to us. It's a very fun episode. Both of them so far have been great. And then to celebrate New Year's, I had to find a movie that took place on New Year's, and a lot of them are not good. Yeah. What, like, like that New Year's Eve movie yeah. where it starred like 20 different actors? Yeah, that's oh, not man. good. Um, yeah. I wanted to watch New Year's Evil. Mm-hmm. I thought that looked really funny, but apparently there's a shit ton of rape in it, and I uh, didn't really want to watch a raping New uh, Year's movie. Right. Um, so I ended with Ghostbusters 2. All right. Ghostbusters <laughs> 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 2, man. Yeah, so for the New quote, Year's... The, this, the <laughs> amount of quotes alone in that yep. movie. Hey. Yeah, so I thought a good New Year's movie, Ghostbusters too, and I, I love can't that wait. Movie. <laughs> That'll be a good one. That's fun. Uh, so that's the rest of this month coming Ego. up. <laughs> so look forward to the last one of the month where everyone will be excited, and the rest of them will just be a lot of fun. Can we just uh, spend the entire time just quoting Peter McNichol? I, I don't see why not. <laughs> we might run out of time, to- like out of quotes, pretty fast. But we it's have so to good. get to the child. <laughs> we can just start quoting for other things when we run out of Ghostbusters two quotes. Like just moving to Ali McBeal. He was on that for a while. We'll be all right. Was it a uh, clean bowl? <laughs> I thought it was a fresh bowl. Was it a fresh bowl? I, don't I think it's fresh bowl. I, just I like a fresh bowl. <laughs> yeah, it's I re- definitely I, fresh. I'm just remembering when his, uh, they accidentally flushed his toad or whatever it was. Yep. Yeah. It's a weird show. Uh, <laughs> all right. So thank you very much, Ram, for coming back out. Of course. Bye. 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 Bye.